0: We have a guest speaker this evening in Tony's absent Brother David Fanning, is here with us this evening. He, uh, David is from Athens, Alabama, but he's been doing personal work and preaching the gospel in the uh, Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee area since about 1979. And currently, I think David is working with the gospel, the gospel of Christ, which Brother Ben Bailey works with up at the Central Church of Christ. And David is here tonight. He's going to... Bring us a lesson and maybe tell us a little bit about the work that's going on with the Gospel of Christ. WC gave me a note here, the Gospel of Christ, it comes on Sunday morning on Ben Lohman Television at 6 to 6.30 a.m. Then it comes on again on Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. on Ben Lohman Television. Then the GBN on Channel 16 on uh, Ben Lohman Television, Tuesday night at 7 p.m. So David, come preach to us. I want to thank the elders for allowing me an
1: opportunity to come and be with you. It's been a couple of years since I've been here. didn't realize that Brother Joe Gray started here preaching, and I actually had him at Davis Community University back from 82 to 85 when I was going there and actually took his mission classes. And I've taken a lot of his principles that he taught me and have been able to establish congregations in the United States as well as overseas. And so I really appreciate Brother Joe Gray and hate to hear about him passing as well. But really meant a lot to me as far as the good information that he shared with me. But I do appreciate this congregation. You've been a sound congregation for so many years. And we're excited about, of course, the work that we're doing with the Gospel of Christ. We've been around for 19 years. Come June of this coming year, it'll be 20 years that the Gospel of Christ has been airing its television and radio works. Originating in Ardmore, Oklahoma, and, of course, Ben Bailey being the original speaker and been with it for about the whole time that it's been around. And, of course, the biggest thing that we try to offer to everybody is five DVDs and ten CDs for free. We have over 60 lessons that we present, uh, and as a result of that, we refresh them every year in studio there at the Central Building in McMinnville here, and of course, the studios are fantastic. As most of you know, there's also some other filmings that go on for GBN, including the Gospel of Christ, and so we appreciate so much the Central Congregation allowing that opportunity for the Gospel to be preached, not only through the Gospel of Christ effort, but also through some other efforts uh, with the Brotherhood as well. I'm especially connected with the congregation here in reference to Shane Fisher. I know he grew up here, and he and I work very strongly together on the gospel of Christ. If you've not been to our website in a while, you need to go there. It's thegospelofchrist.com. Be sure you put the word the in there. And there you'll find a lot of information, especially under the study aid section. If you'll look there, you'll see articles that you can put in your bulletin as well as use for personal evangelism yourself. One of the biggest features that we especially want to encourage you about is the question and answer section. That's the one that Shane spends most of his time with. And, of course, our goal is this, that if you do not find the verse that you're studying or if you do not find the topic that you're studying, if you'll let me or Shane know, in two weeks or less, we get it up on the website. And we've been doing that for a while now, and it's been very, very successful, and we continue to build that question and answer section up. We have a a search engine there that you can put either a verse in there or put a topic in there, and like I said, something should pull up. If it doesn't, we'll make sure that it gets up there. We also have uh, Emily that's very involved with this as well. She's got a ladies' section, so if you have ladies' Bible class or ladies' day, you can take a look at that section as well. Uh, we have sermon outlines. So if you're trying to encourage some of the younger men or some of the older men that are beginning to get into preaching, uh, just take a look at those sermon outlines. We keep adding to those as well. We have a Bible class curriculum. Shane's helped us with that also. And we've got that that we've worked up and hope to add some more to that as well. You'll also see there a tent man- manual, tent meeting manual, okay? And, and, and pretty soon we're going to change that to just manual. And not only will it teach you how to do a tent meeting, but also we're going to put up there how you start the Church of Christ in your community. And as I get into the lesson you'll learn more of why it's so important for us to put it up there. At the same time, not only from my own personal experience, but also, like I said, with Joe Gray's influence, uh, I'm especially putting information about that in there. And so we're looking forward to getting that up to you in about two weeks. We also hope to have a how-to-do personal evangelism manual that will be going up in a couple of weeks as well. So we constantly are adding to the website. And like I said, if you had not been there before, you need to go there. Well, our goal is for our website, which, by the way, every country accesses our website. Every single country in the world accesses our website. We're one of the first in the Brotherhood to have a a website on on the the, uh, course on on the World Wide Web. And so we've been there for a long, long time. And we encourage you to join all other countries in looking at our website. But our goal is to be the most sound, the most useful, the most, uh, you know, helpful in your personal growth as well as in your efforts to evangelize others. And so we want to make sure that that is available to you. Now, we do over 60 lessons per year, as I mentioned before, to put on radio and television, but those are also the same things we put in the DVDs and the CDs as well as the manuscripts that we make available to you for free. So tonight I have brought two of the 60, uh, one of which is the Church of Christ. I don't know if some of y'all caught the controversy that happened August of this year. But, you know, Ben had a lesson on how that some are seeking churches where they tolerate everything, including gay marriage. And then, of course, he gives an illustration about how God is against gay marriage. And even under the Old Testament system, he says, that, of course, God even saw to the stoning of those who were caught in such activity. Well, of course, a gay activist brought that to the idea of Ben Bailey is advocating stoning gays. And so that's how he did his blog back in August. And there was about 19 articles that resulted from that in three days' time. Had HLN, you know, a national TV program, as well as... Uh, combs, of handing combs, it used to be with handing combs, radio program as well as Fox affiliates trying to get his attention to try to get him on on the uh, you know, television interviews and what have you. And of course the elders and Ben got together and put together a letter to, to straighten out the, the situation and that kind of pretty much brought the, the controversy down. But the biggest thing I want to let you know about concerning that respect is that listen, we are being heavily monitored now because we speak the whole truth. And nothing but the truth. Acts chapter 20, verse 27, Paul told the Ephesian elders that he did not cease to preach the whole counsel of God. And I hate to say this, but you know, when I was growing up, the preaching was all the same. Every preacher preached exactly the same thing, and that has changed. And I know this congregation is faithful, and the central congregation is, but a lot of congregations are not faithful anymore. And there's a lot of uncertain sounds coming out of various pulpits and congregations now. And so when Ben preaches the Word of God, a lot of it sounds unique. In fact, so unique that we actually had a television program out of Chicago reaching a potential of 10 million people to say, listen, we'd like to have your program on our." And so we were able this year to add Chicago, Illinois, a potential of over 10 million listeners to be able to listen to that. In fact, this year, this coming year, our goal is to get on Dish Network. You're talking about multiple millions of people that we can reach uh, through the Dish Network. So we're working on that now. But nonetheless, I brought two of the 60... Some odd lessons that we put out, the one's on the Church of Christ, and then the other is on answering denominational doctrines. That's one thing you're going to learn about us. When we preach the whole counsel of God, we deal with church discipline, divorce and remarriage. Yes, we'll talk about the gay marriage issue. I mean, we'll deal with denominational names and their denominational doctrines. And so we deal with it all, and we don't, we don't apologize for that. We do it in love, and at the same time we do it because we know that that's how you save souls, just with the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And so we want you to know that we've got those available to you tonight. As you walk out the doors here, if you look to the left, you'll see on the little table over there where I've got those two different DVDs. Take as many as you want. Watch them yourself. After that, give them to somebody else. That's what's called planting the seed of the gospel. Uh, One of the things I'll let you know about the things that we try to do is everything that we have is free, 100% free. So as I travel, and I've been now to 142 Churches of Christ in Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi in the last four years, And the average church is 40 members and no elders. And many of these churches cannot afford materials. But the good news is all of our materials are free. We even have some Spanish-speaking materials as well. So, for instance, there's a congregation up in Scottsboro, Alabama, This small congregation didn't have the funds. We sent them 200 DVDs on what must I do to be saved. As a result, they they did a door campaign, passed it out in their neighborhood, and two baptisms resulted from that. I could give you story after story after story of the various efforts that have resulted because we're trying to get this information out free of charge. And as I continue Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi traveling, and I travel over 70 churches a year in Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi, What I'm trying to do is what you read in Acts chapter 14, verses 21 to 22. When you take your Bible out and you look at that, Acts chapter 14, verses 21 to 22, you see there that Paul and Barnabas went to the various churches of Christ. What was the purpose of them going? To strengthen and to encourage the brethren to continue in the faith. Now, if that is the case in the first century, would you not agree also how important that would be in the 21st century? Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And again, I'll explain more as to why that is so important. And so that's exactly what I do. I put over 30,000 miles in my vehicle every single year. And and most Sundays and and just about most Wednesdays, I'm somewhere preaching and promoting the gospel of Christ and getting these materials out so people can know that we are available and we can help you out as far as sharing the gospel. Forty members, no elders. That's the average congregation uh, in Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi. And, of course, the crisis that we face now is that in the next 10 or so years, that number will go down to 20 with no elders. And, in fact, many buildings will be closed. As most of you know, if you go up the highway here, the Philippi Church of Christ up in Smithville closed their doors a couple of years ago. Now, good news is the church at Smithville said, okay, let's go ahead and open up a Latino congregation. So they were able to get it going again. But the point is that most of them, once they shut the doors, that's it. And this is becoming the norm, folks. This is becoming the norm. And so even though we're worldwide emphasizing spreading the gospel all over the world, we're especially trying to emphasize the United States because we realize there is a huge, huge need here in the United States. And let's face it, your children and your grandchildren, most of them live in the United States. And how things go as far as the Lord's church and how strong we are will many times indicate where the direction of your child or your grandchild is going to go. And so this is very crucial, very, very crucial for us to make sure that we are focusing especially on the United States. So what we're doing then is we are getting this information out, and there's so many other things that we do that I don't have time to explain, but certainly I would want to encourage you to look more into what we're doing, and then, of course, uh, go ahead and get the information that we have. Get those five DVDs and ten CDs for free. Pass those out, and if you are encouraged by that, get some more, and let's keep on spreading the gospel by playing the seed of the gospel. Now, one thing that I always do, too, is I always send out these sheets, and what these sheets do is they allow you, to, if you want to, once a month to get an update from the gospel of Christ. So we'll send you an update once a month. And what we'll do is either Ben or I, will have an article that will be encouraging to you. We'll give you some updates as well. And this will remind you about the efforts that we're doing. We've got over 14,000 all over the world that's, that subscribe to this now. And we'll continue to encourage you as to what we're doing and how we're growing. And it will inspire you to get even stronger in your evangelism as well. So if you want to get on our email list, if you'll put your name and your email address on here, then we'll be sure to get that set up for you. Also, if you would be willing to give $10 a month to the gospel of Christ, if you'd put your name and phone number on here, then Beverly, who's, uh, of course, a wife to one of the elders there at Central, will be glad to set that up however comfortable you might be. So put your name and your phone number here if you want to give $10 a month, and put your name and your email address on here uh, if you want to get a once a month newsletter through your email. All right, so if you don't mind. So this will be going both front and back. And if everybody makes double sure that it gets passed to everybody, I would greatly appreciate it. All right? So the gospel of Christ, the effort that we're doing. A little over four years ago when I began to do this in the way that I'm doing it now, I had no idea how important what I was doing was going to become. It's not because of me or because of the gospel of Christ per se, but it's because of the circumstances that what's going on right now, especially in the United States of America. There are four crises that we're facing. There are many, by the way, but four in particular that concern me greatly as far as the future of the church in the United States. Now, granted, India and other places like that are booming, absolutely booming, just like the church was booming back when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. I mean, we were absolutely booming. But we're not booming like we used to. The trend is down, not up. And as a result, folks, we have got to wake up, and we've got to wake up quick. Because we're going to find church buildings shutting down right and left. And don't think it won't hit this area. As I explain more about the crisis, you'll understand why I say that. So the more that I get into the various crises that we're facing, the more you're going to realize how important what we as the gospel of Christ are doing and how important it is to try to team up with us, if you're not already, so that we can together unify in stopping the kind of things that are going on right now with the Lord's church. Now, the first crisis that we have is really nothing we can do anything about. But I can tell you right now, of the 142 churches of Christ that I've been to, that most of these churches, the average age is 50, 60, sometimes 70 years of age. There's one congregation here recently I went to had just eight members, and I'd say the average age was at least in the 70s. So the bottom line is, is that the churches of the Christ in the United States consist primarily of older people. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the demographic of the United States as a whole. That's the reason why we're having issues with Social Security and the like because the majority of the history of the United States makes up older members. But at the same time, we've got to face the reality that as time goes on, those older members are going to pass away. And when they do, not only does the attendance go down and the contribution go down, but the work ethic of our older members go down as well because we lose that work. That's a serious thing, folks. What I tell our older folks is I go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 and I say, listen, don't be weary in well-doing. As long as you have health and as long as you have mind, you give it all you got. You be like Moses. The best years of Moses' life was from age 80 to age 120 when he took over 2 million whiny baby adults over the wilderness for those 40 years for the cause of God. But just as the Bible teaches us as older, as older members, you know, Matthew 633, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We need to make double sure that we're mentoring our younger, that we're active in evangelism, that we're very strong in the Lord's church and giving it all that we can as God has blessed us with. And so I challenge our older folks, please, please, please realize how important you are. I noticed a gentleman by the name of Ken Butterworth. You may have heard of him before. He is in his 70s and a great gospel preacher in our area. They're in Athens, Alabama area. And one time I heard him illustrate this point. I thought he did a real good job as far as explaining what's going on. You know, in Titus chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, the Bible talks about how that the older are to teach teacher admonish the younger. In particular, it talks about how the older women are to teach the younger women. And as I go throughout Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi, folks, one of the issues, number one, that's not being talked about, and number two, that's certainly not being practiced, is modesty. Again, these are issues we deal with at the Gospel of Christ. Younger ladies don't know how to sit. They don't know how to dress as a general rule. Some do, but most don't. And even the older women, many of them don't, and many times they're trying to be what? Younger. But the fact of the matter is, God wants us to be pure in heart. He wants to be pure in dress. And yet we see a problem in the Lord's church that needs to be remedied, needs to be taken care of. And so like I said, Ken words it this way. You know, when you lack mentorship, when you don't have the older women teaching the younger women, etc., then it causes a big problem. So he says it this way. He says when he's traveling the various churches of Christ, sometimes he doesn't feel like he's in the Lord's church. He doesn't feel like he's in worship. And instead he feels like he's in Kentucky Fried Chicken because all he sees is breast and legs and wings. And that's about the truth. Folks, it shouldn't be that way. We're God's people. We're the light of the world. We're the saw of the earth. We should not have these issues or problems, and yet we do, and most of the time we're not addressing them. It's a wonder that our young people are having struggles right now. But that goes to our second problem, our second crisis, which is something we can do something about. Can't do anything about older folks passing away. That's just a reality. But as far as the second crisis, that is that our younger people, over 70% of them, once they leave high school, they leave the church and most of them don't come back. You hear what I just said? In the United States, over 70% of our young people, once they leave high school, they leave the Lord's church and they do not return. That's your children and your grandchildren and my children and grandchildren. And that's why I'm saying how important it is as I travel Alabama and Tennessee and Mississippi and hopefully we can get some others to travel to other states. The importance of what I'm doing is to get the word out. We've got a crisis. This is a trend. It's not a fad. It's something that all of us have to work together to remedy. And if we don't work together and team up together to make this resolve this issue, folks, it's going to get worse instead of better. And before you know it, right now you can see the church of Christ on just about every corner. Then you'll be hoping you can find one church of Christ that's Staple. That's how bad it's going to get if we don't wake up. So what's wrong with our young people? Well, obviously they're not committed to the one true church and the one true plan of salvation. That's one thing that we do emphasize over and over again. There's only one true church. It's the church of Christ. Acts 2 verse 47 tells us only the Savior and the church. And when you go to your Bible, which church do you read about? There's only one you read about. As was mentioned in the introduction to me, I started in 1979 at Lee High School in Huntsville, Alabama sharing the gospel with my fellow students at age 15. One of the biggest things I did, young people, I didn't know what in the world I was doing. I just did what I could do. As I asked those that I was schoolmates with, I said, listen, before we get into discussion of our religious differences, would you please show me your church in the Bible? You show me your Baptist church or your Methodist church or Presbyterian church or whatever it might be. And, of course, the the one that's really popular right now is the Cowboy church. You show that one too. if If you don't think that's crazy, I was going down Interstate 65 and I saw the golf church. If you like golfing, there's a church you can go to now. But the reality of the matter is there's only one true church and it's the church of Christ. And only Jesus is the Savior of that one true body according to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23 through 25. But you see, most of our young people don't believe that. Now Joe Gray believed that. I've always believed that. But you see, most of our young people, they are not convicted in their heart that there's only one true church because they feel comfortable that if they, once they leave the area and once they go off to college or vocation or whatever it is, that if they see church on a building, then therefore they're okay. In reality, that is not the case. And I'll get to that again a little bit later in the lesson. But the biggest thing I want our young people to understand, I want you to know two verses. One is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 31. To summarize that very clearly, we are all commanded by Jesus Christ and we have the privilege to assemble together every first day of the week to take the Lord's Supper. We're to do this until Jesus comes again. If we forsake or abandon or leave assembling with the churches of Christ, according to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 31, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Now you read that verse for yourself and you'll see that's exactly what it's saying. If you leave the church of Christ, you leave more than just the church of Christ. Now, here's another verse I want you to remember, and that's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 to 23. That's a real simple passage. It talks about the fact that Jesus Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. So the church of Christ is the body of Christ, and the head is Christ. Now, look here. Everybody look up here. If your own people are texting. Get off the texting for just a minute. Look and see what I'm saying here. Watch this. Question. If you leave the body of Christ, which is the church of Christ, does the head move with you? The answer is no. The head stays on the body. Very simple. If you leave the church of Christ, you leave the head of the church of Christ, which is Christ Himself. See, most young people don't understand that. They leave the church of Christ, they see this other building that says church, they think they're okay. And they think they have a relationship with Jesus. The fact of the matter is you don't. There's only one true church, the church of Christ. And you've got to stay faithful to that, seek it first, and remain faithful to it. Otherwise, the blood of Jesus Christ stops, according to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 31. And now, guess what? No longer is is Jesus Christ your head. Because the head says, I came to build my church, Matthew 16, verse 18. And now you've left and gone to a counterfeit church which in reality is not a church at all according to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. According to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 that's just a departure. It is not the church that I died for. It is a departure. Just because it has the word church it does not make it so. I died for one church, Jesus said. And that church is the church of Christ. In fact, the church of Christ was so important to Jesus Christ that He purchased it with His own blood according to Acts chapter 20 verse 28. Now one other thing I want to mention about Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 to 23 to our young people is the idea of the body containing the blood. It says that Christ is the head of the body, which is the church. So when you're in the church of Christ, which is the body of Christ, what's contained within the body stays with the body. And what's contained with our body is what? Blood. And what's contained in the body of Christ is the blood of Christ. So when you leave the church of Christ, not only do you leave Christ the head, but you also leave the blood which is in the body. You see, we've got to believe this beyond a shadow of a doubt. And yet the conviction is not there like it should be. So we've got to do a better job of enforcing this in our young people. Now, what's the third crisis that we're facing? The third crisis that we're facing is what I mentioned about our, the Church of Christ DVD they've got available to you tonight the fact that we now have our government going against the doctrine of Christ, and purposely so, by the way, as we well know from the five human beings who decided that they were beyond God, that they decided they were beyond the Constitution, and they decided they were beyond the 320 million citizens of the United States when they decided to redefine marriage as between man and man or woman and woman. Now, there's more to it than, folks, what they did. Because they know what God says. That's why they did it. Do you not realize that? Folks, our government, as far as the powers that be, are against the church of Christ. Now don't let that shock you because guess what? In the first century the same thing happened. That's why I wanted Acts chapter 8, especially verses 3 and 4 read. Because there you learn, of course, that not only was the Jerusalem, the the Jewish religion, 100% against the church of Christ. How do I know that? Well, go to chapter 7 of of Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7 you have Saul of Tarsus who was the number one spokesman of the Jewish religion who saw to the murder of Stephen who was a deacon become evangelist. Why? Because he was preaching the church of Christ. Why? Because he was preaching Christ. Why? Because he was preaching the truth. Now think about this for just a moment. What did Saul of Tarsus think about the gospel when he first heard it? What did he think about the church of Christ when he first heard it? He hated it. He absolutely hated it. So not only was the Jewish religion against the Church of Christ, but also the Roman government was against the Church of Christ. If you remember some of your history, you remember that when Rome burnt, that Nero, the emperor, blamed the Church of Christ for the burning of the city. You see, the government hated the Church of Christ. Now, can you believe this? A nation based upon Christian principles, we have allowed folks to get into a power position to where they now are conscientiously and purposely Going against the church of Christ, just like you read in the first century. Now here's the good news. The good news is that when the going gets tough, the Lord's church gets going. So don't let that discourage you. According to Acts chapter 8, verses 3 to 4, when the persecution got hotter and hotter for the church of Christ, in particular the Jerusalem church of Christ, you'll see that those who were scattered because of persecution, it says they went everywhere preaching the word. Now what is the average member of the church in the United States, doing right now, we're not preaching the word. We're not sharing the gospel. Folks, let's be honest. We're not, are we? Are you? Most of you aren't, are you? We've got to start doing it, folks. The key to true church growth, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, is when each member does his or her share, causes growth of the body but it's up to the leadership of the church to be able to equip the saints for work of ministry. And that's one of the things that I'm striving to do as a traveling evangelist As I partner up with the local evangelists and if you have elders, with elders, and we team up together to equip the saints for work of ministry with the materials that we make available to everyone for free. Because we want to truly change these problems that we have, these crises that we have. In other words, we don't just tell you the problems, we also give you the solutions to these problems. But the biggest thing I want to talk about, and then we'll wrap up the sermon this evening, is the biggest crisis that I... And I never dreamed this would be where I would go with this as far as these crises that continue to develop. It's almost like an avalanche now here in the United States. And this is the biggest one, folks, is what I call the domino effect. Back in November of last year, most of you are familiar with, I'm sure, the story of the Fourth Avenue Church of Christ in Franklin, Tennessee. They reached out to my... You know, my alma mater, David Liston University, and said, We want an intern preacher. Well, that in and of itself is not wrong as long as it's a sound preacher, right? But what they were asking for was a woman preacher. And according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Bible clearly teaches a woman is not to usurp or have authority over the male. A woman's not to preach amount a of pulpit and preach to a mixed assembly. The scripture is so clear about that. Not only just one, but two passages make it very clear. And yet, the elders. And the preacher of the 4th Avenue Church of Christ in Franklin, Tennessee said, you know what, we're going to kind of put that aside. We might even call that culture. And you know as well as I do, it's not culture, because it made it very clear that Adam was first formed, then Eve. So it's not a cultural issue, folks. It's a creational issue, the way God designed things. And yet, the elders and the preacher there, and unfortunately the members as well, as they're clapping they introduced Lauren King as their new intern preacher. Well, I'm sure most of you know that as a result of that happening, you have the Spiritual Sword magazine who came out in April of this year, God's Plan for Women, in which they mentioned 25 of the 50 states of the United States have Churches of Christ who now have women preachers over 60 Churches of Christ. Folks, this is not a fad. This is a trend. And again, over four years ago when I started traveling Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the purpose of Encouraging and strengthening members of Church of Christ to get involved in evangelism and then making materials free to be able to plant that seed of the gospel out so we can start growing again as we should. I had no idea how important it was not just to help grow the church, but also to help keep the church. Because folks, back in November of last year we lost the Fourth Avenue Church of Christ. I don't know how many hundreds of people go there, but we lost all those members. This is where you've got to get your Bible out and study and know exactly what God has to say about these things. So I'm going to give you two verses. The first and most important one is Matthew 15, verse 9. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, Jesus says, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men or traditions of men. Listen, when you take man's doctrine or tradition and incorporate it into God's worship, as a result, you have perverted, you have corrupted, you have made the worship vain. So this morning, when 4th Avenue Church of Christ in Franklin, Tennessee, was worshiping God, they did it to no avail. It was empty. It was useless. Why do I know that? Well, because the Bible tells me so. Let me illustrate it this way. Just as I mentioned to you at Lee High School in Huntsville, Alabama, 1979, I started handing my fellow students show me your church. I also do the same thing when it comes to Show me where the Bible authorizes a woman to preach in a mixed assembly. Not only can you not find it, but at the same time you can find two passages that say don't do it. What does that do then to the worship? Because it's not a doctrine of Christ. Therefore, what is it? It is a commandment or a doctrine of man. Here's another verse to remember. 2 John verse 9, real close to the book of Revelation. 2 John verse 9 says, Whoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Christ has not God." The Fourth Avenue Church of Christ in Franklin, Tennessee transgressed and did not abide in the doctrine of Christ according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Therefore, listen carefully, they do not have God. Boy, that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? But it's the truth. Folks, listen, we're repeating what we did back in the latter 1800s, early 1900s. When what happened is they brought in innovations of men commandments and traditions of men into the church of Christ and it formed the Christian church and disciples of Christ and left the churches of Christ without buildings and without budgets did you know that and that's exactly what's starting to happen now because not only did that really disturb me and help me to realize you know what I cannot believe I'm seeing what I'm seeing but I can see it's coming fast then all of a sudden March of this year not too far from here Stones River Church of Christ in Murfreesboro Tennessee says you know what we're going to bring the instrument in worship then in August of this year, Harpeth Hills, where my Greek professor used to attend when I was at Lipscomb, as well as Otter Creek in Nashville, Tennessee, said, you know what? We're going to bring the instrument into worship. The University Church of Christ in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we send a lot of our young people to the University of Alabama, now have brought the instrument in worship according to what I read here in this July issue of the spiritual sword. Now again, I'm going to do the same thing. You show me book, chapter, and verse where the New Testament church uses musical instruments in worship and folks, that will be the doctrine of Christ and we will abide by that. But if you cannot find it, it is a doctrine of men. Let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-5. through 5. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, The Spirit expressly says that in latter times some shall depart from the faith. Now what's going to cause them to depart from the faith? Giving heed to deceiving spirits like those at Franklin, 4th Avenue, as well as Stones River, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. If it's not the doctrine of Christ, you know what that becomes? Not just the commandments of men or traditions of men, but also it becomes the doctrines of demons because that's where the source really is. So what we've got to understand, folks, is just because our young people go to a building that says church on it does not mean it's the true church. And just because our young person goes to a building that says Church of Christ does not mean it's the true church. That's why we've got to be convicted strong in what the truth of the gospel is. Because, folks, we're losing people right and left. Here's what I call the domino effect. Let's say you have 30 churches of Christ in this county. 30 churches of Christ. I could see within the next two or three years that 30 become (laughs) 15 that quick. That quick. Now, I've been working for the past four plus years trying to get into one church in Nashville. I went to Labelisk University, got a degree there and everything, so I can relate to those folks there. I hadn't been able to get in one of those churches. Now, if I could have got there a little, a little over four years ago and started working some of those churches of Christ, do you think it would have helped them? I think it would have helped them some. I'm not saying they still wouldn't have turned to a vain worship situation, but I think it would have helped some. But can you see how urgent this is now? Can you see how important it is that we get this information? In other words, here is what you need to do. Because if you know some folks that are going to 4th Avenue, or you know Harpeth Hills, or Otta Creek, or Stones River, or the University Church of Christ in Tuscaloosa, or any others that are bringing these, these commandments of men in, these doctrines of demons in, here's what the Bible tells you you must do. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Look at it. It's actually in your Bible. Maybe you haven't seen that verse in a long time. But look at it. Romans 16, verse 17. Here's what it says. Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine of Christ and avoid them. So folks, we're not going to go attend the 4th Avenue Church of Christ in Frank. We're not going to go to Stones River Church of Christ. And if you have any loved ones that are there or anybody that you know there, tell them to get out because our worship is in vain. Now, God is not there anymore. He has left. He has left. And we need to encourage these folks to get out and find a true, faithful church. Now you can see why I'm working very diligently to try to get that manual on how to start the Church of Christ again. Because there are going to be some places in the United States that are going to be completely wiped out of true churches of Christ. Like that. And what that means is we've got to go back in there and establish the Lord's Church once again. And so I've got a manual that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks that's going to teach you how to do that. Shane helped to convert a guy in Uganda, and then I took that gentleman and told him how he could start the church in Uganda, and they got over 20 members in less than a year. So we're already working diligently in that respect. Helped to start a congregation up in in Virginia over the phone, training one of the young men who were working hard and trying to get a congregation established there. Once the manual goes out, hopefully we get bunches of calls and we quote-unquote coach or mentor on how to get the Church of Christ started in their community. And then we begin to see the Church of Christ popping up once again and getting stronger and stronger and more evangelistic. And we begin to turn the tide around. But you know what? It's not about me and it's not about the Gospel of Christ. It is about you. That's what I try to tell people. To give you this final lesson, uh, thought, and then the lesson is yours. When I was at the Fort Payne Church of Christ in Fort Payne, Alabama last year, there's a guy named Steve Rogers who's not only a preacher but also an elder at the church in Rome, Georgia. And he said, what you gave that Sunday night, I'd like for you to bring to the congregation where I preach and where I oversee the work. I said, I'd be glad to. So I, I go then to Rome, Georgia. I tell them about the gospel of Christ. I tell them different ways in which they can evangelize, etc. About six months later, he sends me an email, and the top of the email says, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And the long story short is this one lady, because a couple of the members there at Rome, Georgia, had taken some of the things that with the gospel Christ had had trained them to to do, and they were able to convert a 62-year-old Baptist woman to the point that she she already had a four-page letter before she had obeyed the gospel, now, four pages later on how she's going to convert the denominations in Rome, Georgia. And she hadn't been baptized yet. And of course, once she was baptized, she came out of the water and she asked Steve, she said, Steve, can I still do the jail work? She'd been doing jail work for six years for the Baptist Church. Now she gets to do jail work for the church we read about in the Bible. And she's excited. I asked him just about a month ago. I said, She's still strong. Oh, yeah, she's still fired up, still strong, still doing great work. You see, then what is she going to do? Who is she going to convert? How many of the folks are going to convert? Two becomes four becomes, you know, it's, it's, it's blossoms, you see. You see, it's not about me, it's the gospel of Christ. It's about you. It's about Acts chapter 8, verses 3 to 4, where every person, every member who is a disciple of Jesus Christ goes into your world that you're around, your school, your workplace, wherever it might be, and you share the gospel, and you plant the seed of the gospel, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows you want to bring some even stronger excitement into this congregation, you start getting a few people to start converting souls, and I'm going to tell you what, you'll see a new fervor that you had not seen probably in a good long time. Or if you already had the fervor, it'll just make a bonfire. It'll be, it'll be huge. And that's one of the reasons why sometimes I write an article, I call it fanning the flames, you know, because I'm here to fan your flame. You know, you've got an ember there of evangelism. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fan it, you know. That's what we want to do. We want to encourage you in evangelism to share the gospel with others. What is the gospel? Well, that sin kills, Isaiah 59, 1 to 2. That Jesus heals, John 14, verse 6. And that in order for you to get into the cleansing blood of Jesus, Revelation 1, verse 5, you must hear the gospel, Romans 10, 17. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised Him from the dead, Romans 10, verses 9 to 10. You must be willing to repent or to change your mind and heart which results in the change of your actions according to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And you must be baptized, that is, immersed into Jesus Christ in water in order for your sins to be washed away through the blood of Jesus according to Acts 2, 38 and Acts 22, 16. And if you're already a member of the Lord's church, you better remain faithful unto death, Revelation 2, verse 10. And if you leave the church of Christ, you leave Christ, you leave His blood, but you know what? You can come back according to 1 John chapter 1, and verse 9, confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And we hope and pray and encourage you to do that very thing. And guess what? If you're just visiting and you're going to go back to your community and there's not a church of Christ there, there's not a faithful church of Christ there, we want to help you and encourage you to start one there. Have you ever thought about that before? Most haven't. They had not thought, well, you know, I could start one, but you can. I know myself, my dad's not even a member of the church, not even associated with any church. I've already helped start three congregations. It's not hard to do. We can all do it with a desire within us and with the power of the gospel. If anybody has a need to respond to God's invitation, we encourage you to come now as we stand and sing.